The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Russ, we are wrapping up the year 2021 with today's passive income report for December. And I just have to ask you, if you could summarize uh, like all the all the numbers are great. We're going to get to that. But what has it really done to change your life? Like having all this passive income, what does it matter to you? To be honest, Joey, I think if we let down the curtain a little bit internally, I don't think it's done anything yet. Mm, and okay. I think the reason I say that is because I have, I've not allowed it to. We have taken the passive income that we've received each month and just rolled it to go buy something new, another asset to produce more passive income. And it took that income to go buy another one and another one and another one. So it's not changed. Like I, I didn't go on a vacation this year necessarily because I received any more money. I didn't reduce necessarily my stress level because it was not paying for anything. So still our business is what supports the lifestyle that I live. And I think that that's a failure, man, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm looking back while, yes, we built, you know, $50,000 a month for many months, some, some months greater than that. I didn't allow it to change my life. And I, I think that that was a failure for me if I'm just being transparent. Well, and so I think that what you're pointing out is that there's a phase of passive income that is a building phase. And what you and I have been doing for almost a full two years is just continuing to build new passive income streams. Like our short-term rental business has been building, 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 building our land business, building. I mean, every, every one of these, has taken some time. Although they are passive, they're not uninvolved. And we say that, you know, on this show all the time. And, and so, and I would agree with you. In fact, I was going to actually disagree with you immediately and say, man, I got to go on a 22 day RV trip with my family this year. Like that was a game changer. I would have never been able to do that without passive income. And, but I'm also, what you said is true. I never used money from passive income to pay for that trip. Right. What I will say is I think in the back of my mind, knowing that that passive income was there, kind of took the pressure off of our active business in my mind. So I would, I would push back a little bit and say, even though we didn't take that as income, I knew it was there and it gave me that kind of mental break. Would you agree or disagree? I can see that. I mean, I, I know I'm being a little hard on myself right now, but I, I tend to be more critical when it relates to things like this. I'm the ultimate optimist, but I think in this level, I, I want to be critical because I 
I want to, I want it to feel differently, right? Like I want to truly engage with my family this year in a, a free mind, like me, let my mind not be focused on areas that are not them. And I, you know, I think I was at a conference this past week and one of the things they said is if you look at your calendar, what percentage of your time is work? What percentage of your time is family? And what percentage of your time is either faith and finances? And like, I honestly think through that, I go, man, 90% of my calendar, if you look at my calendar, what's blocked is, is all work. Mm. I was like, well, shame. And, and the guy was like, shame on you. And like, this guy's running a <laughs> eight figure business. And I'm looking at his calendar. He's showing us that he wakes up at 4.30 every morning and it's block, 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 block. Like this guy is a doer. And he's saying, shame on you. Shame on you that mm. 90% of your calendar is work focused. Like if you're not, if you're not balancing this out, not that work-life balance is bull crap, right? But but if you are not like actively from the front end saying I'm going to spend X percentage of time with my family, and putting that on your calendar and holding true to that, then you're failing them. And I, maybe I'm internalizing that, and so that's why coming into today, I have this conversation with you. That's like I feel like I'm failing. It's because I I think through, man. Like I'm holding on to all these things. And I'm not, not allowing the income that comes from this passive income sources. So I, I want to like share that with you and, and, and I want you to hold it, me accountable that this year that I'm going to use this passive income. We're just, we've built up a bunch of things. We've, we've even added to it, but I, I want to start using some of that income to reduce my, my mental focus from work to be able to add more time in for family and other things. Well, that's the good news about this year and what what the numbers we're about to share with you are on the other side of that is that now it's time for us to dictate to our time mm. what that passive income has bought back. If we don't do that, uh, again, shame on us. And uh, man, I, I'm with you. I think we have built in some things like you're going to actually hear from us some reports on uh, Russ and I sharing financial literacy and coaching with our daughters. We're going to do a weekly call and meeting with them to teach them all this stuff. Cause if we don't transfer this knowledge to them, what a failure that would be. Right. Oh. So we're building some things in, I'm excited about to see what else we can come up with. But to your point, we have to tell our t time what to do now that we've built in and bought that time back, we got to tell it what to do. And uh, I hope that this is inspiring to you. I hope that every month you come back and you learn something that you can implement because whether, wherever you're at in the journey, you can hear. We have places and things to learn. Um, we haven't arrived, um, but man, we want to see you uh, build back and buy your time back as well. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into the December 2021 Passive Income Report. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. 
All right, Joseph. 2021 is done. It's in the books. Our passive income, we put a full year in the books of passive income. Lots of highlights from 2021. What was the one thing that stood out to you the most over the course of the year that you were really excited about that we were able to build and put on this sheet? Man, that is a, that's a tough question. And you just like throw that on me here without any any heads up. I really appreciate that. Um, I think the highlight for me is our land business. It to me, it's that thing that is just in the back, in the background, constantly producing, constantly growing, uh, very rarely takes a step back. And it is, it's kind of like just autopilot. I mean, you know, they, they they say flight school at the Land Geek. They teach you how to do this through flight school. And it really feels like that thing is on autopilot and is just solid. I don't know. That's that's my highlight for the year. What do you think? Well, when you said that, I looked at the numbers and just realized you jokers are the worst at adding. I don't know where you come up with your your numbers for this. But I spent time with the man who runs our our land flipping business, and he showed me exactly how much money last week we had coming in on a monthly basis in our business, and it was $17,430. That's amazing. And obviously, there's expenses to run that. I just noticed, like, as we first started this thing, it was at 16-something. You guys had not updated it. I just figured we just sold some more land while we we're on on this thing live. Is that that's not the case? <laughs> well, it is, and and you know what? And we said this, and we're going to have a podcast about this. But it, this came from the land geeks themselves, where we were talking about things being on sale, and we, we were having a discussion about how we could purchase items, you know, cars, houses, planes, you name it, for a fraction. For a fraction of what they cost, when you can take something like the the land flipping business, we're sitting here, Joey. I'm looking at December. We brought in over twelve thousand dollars. What is it that you could make a monthly payment on with twelve thousand dollars a month? <laughs> um, I have no idea. I have no idea. I haven't haven't tried to back into that. I mean, at least I would say that's a couple of planes. What do you think? Know. Like like a hit like like a stallion plane and an idea guy plane. Like we could have our own name across the side of it. No? Dude, when have you gone plane shopping? Like <laughs> like that? <laughs> no. You're not buying a plane with a monthly payment of 12 grand? Like I, how? I mean, I, I thought that's what Scott told me the other day in our Voxer we were talking about it. What did he say? I didn't listen to that, by the way. I didn't see. Oh, okay. To see, so you're you're throwing me under the bus when Scott Todd, who actually owns a plane, says, "Hey, by the way, you said, hey, could could we buy one?" He said, "Well, they're about a million bucks with fifteen percent down." Um, he said, "Yeah, you could get a payment around forty five hundred dollars a month." What's the? What's that's the, what he said. I, I mean, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm the guy that the, just listened to the Voxer. I'm going to shoot the messenger, but. Here, here's a question I'm trying to think of. Like, how how long can you finance a plane over? Like, what's the depreciation on a plane? Like, how many years will they give you? I know on a house you get 30 years, on a car upwards of seven. What do you get on a plane? I 
you're gonna have to Google while we're live on this podcast. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I, I'm sitting here looking at if you could get may I guess maybe that is too but I just I don't know if you could go 25 years on a plane, but I put five percent at 25 years with a payment of twelve thousand two hundred and one dollars. That gives you a loan balance of little almost two point one million. Okay. I don't know. I've never tried to buy a plane. Well, let, let's do it. But if that was a house, what if that was a house? You could, oh, a twelve thousand dollar payment on a house. That's two, that's about two, a two point, million dollar house. Yeah, yeah two point two million dollars. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like there, if you're if you're listening to this, you're like, what are you monkeys talking about? We're we're just thinking about this from a completely different way. Is your passive income should be the dollars that you're using to purchase things with like this and, should and that's be not new to you by the way russ that's not your idea that's no, the robert kiyosaki way well i don't even think it's unique to robert kiyosaki i think someone has come up he's probably the most famous who has yeah. publicized that message but we should not use our active dollars to buy things we should use passive income dollars and so every one of these numbers on this list joey i, I look at it and i go what is it that that payment could pay for and I know what we put into it, right? Like, so I know we've put in probably about 400000 into our land business, but yet we just showed that we could buy something that's worth $2.2 million. That's a significant discount, right? I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking down here at Wake Up in Birmingham. That's our short-term rental business. And between, um, be, between you know, your business, uh, mine, and uh, some that I'm kind of commingled in, we brought in about six thousand sixty six hundred bucks. That that's I guess another million dollar item that we could purchase based upon the you know that formula we're just using. Absolutely, yeah. Anything else on this on the short term rentals you want to talk about this month? Well, December is always a slow month in the short term rental business. I think things that we've learned, we've shared this on here, but just I get a lot of questions on this. I, I've had my nephews who are super interested in this. I've got one down in Florida who's getting ready to start this business. Got one here in Birmingham's wanting to start this business. It's probably the most frequently asked of our passive income items. Like, how can I do that? Because it seems to be the ease of getting into it, right? Like learning the land business is a little more complicated probably than this maybe, or at least it seems to be that way. And so I, I would say, Joey, that just thinking about our, our short-term rental business, there's things that I've learned over 2021 that we, we need to apply. One is don't get one bedroom units. Like okay. I think one bedroom units are our biggest flaw that we have in our business model. Our, our two, our three bedroom units are always renting out at a much um, higher occupancy and, and a much higher nightly rate per bedroom. Right. I mean, it's the profitability it's is much higher. Yeah. And, and it's it's because there's less less room for ups and downs, right? Those are going to typically get leveled out for people who are local, who are needing a place to go because their house is being repaired or their house isn't ready to move into or whatever that may be, where the one bedrooms are almost exclusively travel related. And people are like, well, don't people travel in the month of December? Yeah, people travel in the month of December as a family. So they're not staying in a one bedroom unit. Right? Yes. So you go out of town. You're not you're not staying in a one bedroom. You're getting a two bedroom, three bedroom because you're traveling as a family. It's just not perfect. That's one of the things I look at and say, you know, one of the reasons why it's down in December. December is one of the worst months. 
but also it's because we have one bedrooms. So we did something though in December yes. with some of those one bedrooms, right? Yeah. So we, because we figured out this trend and we've kind of learned by doing, we said, let's get some more two and three bedroom units and let's go ahead and allow, in fact, this is the first wave of the original units that we put on the books. Their leases have come up for renewal and some of them were one bedrooms. And so we took two of our one bedrooms and shut those down and shifted them to one new three bedroom unit. So we were able to reuse some of the furniture and just transfer them over and hopefully then see a much higher profitability and more usage uh, from that one instead of the two one bedrooms. All right. So what are some lessons you learned in that process? Because there's sometimes there's someone listening right now that's going to experience that. So they want to like be able to borrow information for us. What is it that we learned in that process of transferring units across? It's not as easy as it may seem. <laughs> the units you that by? you so what I'm saying is the units that you have the one bedroom furniture in may not be sufficient to properly fill a three bedroom unit because the room size affects it. Right? Changes, the layout. Right? Do what now? Yeah, the, the room sizes are different within different buildings. So like exactly. we thought, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have two bedrooms worth of furniture that can go in the two bedrooms in uh, two of the three bedrooms, and we have a living room furniture, it's gonna be able to go into that living room. But what we found is that when we, we went over there, the three bedroom, which makes sense that a one bedroom living room in an apartment is not nearly gonna be as big as a three bedroom living room in a townhouse exactly. or whatever it is. Exactly. And so like we got over there and it's like, oh, this couch would look tiny. It would look out of place. It would look like a love seat on that wall. <laughs> and so it was like, ah, oh, didn't think about that. And the same thing's true with the bedroom size. The bedroom size were not even universal. And so there was only like one bedroom that made sense for us to put one of our king size beds in. And the other one had a queen. The other one had a queen and a bunk bed. So we weren't even able to use all of that. That's right. So the, the transition is costly. Um, I think that's the, the lesson there. And well, I would say this too, either. Like we didn't consider that in our, like we were knowing we we're going to get rid of it. If we could go back and do it over again, can we find a three bedroom unit where the, at least the bedroom sizes are similar? Yeah. Right. Like there may have been another three bedroom unit inside of that complex that we could have gotten that maybe had a different, floor plan that would have allowed for it. We didn't consider that in our transition, which will be something we will do going forward. I just think that that's just a little thing, that little lesson that we learned through that process that maybe you guys can take away. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. I think there's much more we could talk about in the short-term rental business. The thing I do want to bring your attention to is that we're about to launch a DIY, like do it at your own pace, short-term rental course. And that is going live at the end of this month. 
So be sure to join the community. Look out for those announcements. There's going to be some discounts, but goes for it goes 100% live. Join us in there. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. Join and you can get access to this course at the very outset. This is how you can do this yourself. And uh, man, when as we've been building it out, I don't know about you, Russ. I'm really excited because we are trying to think about it from the baby steps up to, man, the the 201 and the 301 levels of running a true STR business and everywhere well, in between. Yeah. If you ever wanted to know like what to do and how to do it and why right now is maybe one of the best times to get into short-term rental space, this course is going to give you those answers. And thankfully, Joey, you're not, you and I are not the one teaching it because we're not the one running the business. <laughs> That's right. And we're going to have our operator who has done this um, at a really high level, be able to teach you how to get your first unit up and running. I, I look at our list. There's plenty of other things on here. We get asked a lot about, you know, cryptocurrencies. Clearly the, the price of cryptocurrency is constantly changing. We're mining cryptocurrency. People ask me, Joey, uh, how, how big are you into the crypto space? Are you, you know, what do you think about helium? What do you think about, you know, um, the, you know, 5 million NFTs? What do you think about, you know, spider options? Like, I get more questions that I have no understanding of even what they're asking me as it relates to crypto. We mine one currency currently, which is Ethereum. In the month of December, we actually put an investment to be an owner in a partnership that's going to be mining Bitcoin starting the summer of 2022. But we mine Ethereum and then we take that Ethereum and we will exchange it for Bitcoin from time to time. We also put it on uh, an exchange that pays us interest for it sitting there, which is something that I don't even think we don't even put that on here, Joe. I didn't even consider the fact that we're, we're getting interest on our crypto that is being staked and we're not even reporting upon that. So the number yeah. could be increased. We'll have to do that for the month of January. I look right. at AT, the ATM fund, which is a syndication, something that you and I don't put a lot of effort into. It's something that just exists. It's something that we had to be accredited investors to be able to invest in. But that is one of those things that's pretty interesting. What else on this list do we need to talk about? Well, I mean, I think just if you're just listening to this, you can't see the actual report. So I'll just tell you the next things. Um, so we have a multifamily syndication that currently has not produced. It's been on hold and um, it's is basically in the process of being uh, sold. Right. The, the, the assets within that fund are being sold. And so we'll have more to report on that later. We have a single family resident that uh, that I use in our short term rental business subsequently. And so it's just the kind of the steady uh, $200 a month profit in that deal. And, and that's only because, uh, you know, we're very kind and generous in our short-term rental business to pay me a little bit more on that deal. The Cousin Eddie is my personal RV that I now rent through a third party, OverlandAdventureRentals.com. If you want to look them up, they're here in Alabama. And, um, so, of course, you have to name an RV Cousin Eddie. That's just like the only thing to call it. Uh, in the month of December was also very slow for RV rentals. And as you can see, um, I actually lost $551. This Which I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I'm questioning a little bit the marketing strategy behind Cousin Eddie. How, 
how are you having conversations to determine like what the the reach is right now? Because I would have actually thought December would have been a good month for the RV. Well, it had one trip booked and it was during Christmas. So you would think during holiday time, people try to get away, try to do something adventurous. And they did. The unfortunate part is the rest of the, the, the month, they did not. And I think there is definitely some room to improve on the marketing side. And, and I'm working with the, the group that actually does all that for me, Overland Adventure Rentals, and trying to find ways to improve that. So there's definitely room to, to grow. I know like on our on our short-term rental units, we're using VRBO, we're using booking.com, we're using Airbnb, as well as we're running direct traffic. Do they get traffic from other than direct? Where where yes. are they getting their 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 traffic from? Yeah, they do it through outdoorsy and rvshare.com and okay. those sort of uh, other platforms. They would always prefer direct booking, obviously. And but that's a, something that we can continue to grow is there's other ways to get the word out and we just got to, we got to work on it. Okay. All right. The, the community, which is really our information based business is something that you and I have been building for a while now. I think when, when we're doing this, is this is really the, the pure passive within what we've done. And I, I always encourage people, if you have a skill that you have mastered, the opportunity to take that and earn infor, you know, the, to, to sell that, that IP and earn passive income from that point forward is huge. Some people can do it with a book, right? They're just geniuses. They take an idea, they create a book and it turns into revenue. We have clients that are musicians that they, they create music and get paid royalties on it forever. You and I have over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months have been, cultivating content and finally finding ways that we could get that out into the marketplace. And I, I love to see how this business continues to grow. So there's inside of that, Joey, we started a passive income mastermind last year, which is if you're um, somebody who's looking to, to build passive income, you're an accredited investor, you're looking to kind of um, maybe increase your lid to be around other high income earners, high net worth people who have a, a large um, kind of threshold for opportunity, you can go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash club 200. And that will help you get access to an application so that you can um, see if this, this is the group for you. Joey, inside of that group over the last couple of months, not only have we been learning about multifamily syndications, Last month, we were, were working on asset protection. This coming month, we're actually working on a captive insurance company. And we're, we're building toward our May event, which is going to be in Austin, which is our live retreat. Well, and, and the bigger thing here, there, there's a lot of people that can write a check to be a part of a mastermind. That's fine. And, and what separates this mastermind, in my opinion, is two things. Number one, this mastermind is not going to teach you how to improve your own active business. We're not, you can do anything else with your, with your active business. You can grow, you can hire consultants, you can do all that stuff. What we want to do is we want you to stop trading that time for money and get to a point where you now have your passive income 
to equal 200% of your monthly expenses. Now, why would we, does it sound greedy that we want to build 200% of our expenses? It's quite the contrary, right? It's, it's, we want to be surrounded by people who are thinking abundantly so that that extra 100% every month that's coming in to over and above our expenses, what could we actually do to impact the world around us with that money? What could we do in terms of our legacy, like that we leave behind with our families and for generations to come? Those are the type of things and those are the kind of people that are a part of this. If you don't have interest in that, you really don't want to be a part of this group <laughs> and we don't want you to. So, um, and I, I just want to invite you in if you do meet that accredited investor status and those are items and thoughts that resonate with you. This is the kind of people that uh, you want to be around. Yeah. Club 200 is, is the, is a site, wealthwellwallstreet.com forward slash club 200. All right. We have a couple of other little items here, Joey. We, we did invest into a private note fund, which is really buying notes. Explain what a note is to somebody who's never heard that term before. All right. Well, if you've ever had a mortgage, you understand notes, right? You have a, an obligation to pay that bank. In some cases, people either start to have um, non-performance with those payments and a bank says, oh, this person's not paying. I'm going to sell it off at a discount to somebody else and just kind of cut my losses before it has to be defaulted, for, for instance. In this case, in our note fund, we have certain number of notes um, that have, have like non-performance and certain ones that are performing. And the difference between those two is there's a lot of creativity that goes behind this is people, um, these the guys that run our note fund can actually turn that into major profits if it's done correctly. It's stuff that Russ and I know enough about to understand, but we're not experts. And so we felt the need to kind of surround ourselves with people that understood this and, um, and it's just invest alongside them. Well, there's always an opportunity to make money, to become the bank. We teach you about becoming your own banker with the infinite banking concept. Owning the note is being the banker. You exactly. literally are the mortgage company for someone who owns a property. So we own the mortgages that are associated with property. And by the way, if that person quits paying, then now we own the property as well. Exactly. And this is a reason why we wanted to be in that. We want to be our own bankers. This is another strategy that we're using to create income. We've partnered with a company who does this full time and we've had them on our podcast before. And I would encourage you to, to go back and watch some of those podcasts that we've done uh, with uh, Jamie Bateman and uh, their, their note company. Is it integrity mortgage? Remind me of the name. Yeah, Integrity mortgage fund. Yeah. Yep. All right. The then, last one um, that we have on here is a company that you've heard us talk about. It's a, a local candle company. Joey and I are equity investors in that company, but we also uh, receive distributions. And uh, in the month of December, our distribution from that business was $750, which I love. And mm. I always encourage you, if you're trying to you know, buy a gift for somebody, we're going to create a candle to go inside of our swag store, Joey. This is my mission for 2022. Okay. That we have a financial freedom or passive income candle and it smells like freedom now nice. you may say what does freedom smell like i don't know i i'd have to ask 
you know, like I'd have to ask my wife, like, what is, what is freedom smell like? You know, I, I don't know. Let, let your imagination go, but whatever it smells like, it'll smell good. Yes. All right. So as we round this out, um, I know we're almost out of time, but I want to just throw this out, Russ. If there's any one asset type or thought process for 2022 that you want to learn about or that you are interested in investing in, I'd love to hear it. I'll give you mine too, if that's okay. The two right, that I'm you, thinking. All right. Give, give me yours so then I, okay. I don't steal yours. All right. The first one is we've just gotten turned on to the idea of investing in RV parks, right? And there are people who understand this. You and I obviously know a little bit, but we don't understand the whole you know industry. I'd love to learn about that and see if it's a viable option for us in 2022. And then the second thing is, I'm not even sure this is going to be possible, but understanding NFTs and the ways in which we could potentially make it passive. As I understand it right now, it's a pretty speculative type of deal, and I'm not really interested in that. <laughs> but if it's a, if there's a way that it could become passive, I'd be interested. Well, I'm interested in learning what it is because we get a lot of questions on it, and I don't know anything about it. So if you know someone who's an expert on the NFT game, please refer them to us. Go to info at wealthwhitewallstreet.com and you can, or not .com, info at wealthwhitewallstreet. Just send us an email and put your subject NFT and, and let us know who your guru is. I'd love to go check them out and, and see if it's somebody we should have on the show to, to invite, to, to share with us so we can learn with you because I don't know what it is. Here's the thing I want to focus on. We, we're closing, actually just closed on a new property. And it's going to be taking our short-term rental space in a whole different direction. It's going to be going for much, much bigger groups. Like it's going to be a seven bedroom. It, it may have the ability to hold, you know, small events at it. I really want to get really good at understanding how to promote an event venue, how to mm. promote and, and attract corporate retreats to that event venue, because it's something that we already own. And I want to go deep there. That's yeah. that's mine for 2022. If we if we do that well, we will double some of these numbers because the opportunity in that space is big. Uh, Joey and I uh, closed on that note as our first uh, time buying a property without having to get a mortgage and without paying cash. That's, that's awesome. right. We we did a subject to mortgage uh, transfer uh, within this property where we bought the property and took over the note payments without having to get our own. I thought that was amazing. Joey, I know we have to go. December 2021, 20, uh, we brought in 111000 in income, had 60000 of expenses. So we netted a little over 50000 net passive income for the month of December. Not too shabby, man. Not too shabby at all. And it was a great cap to the year that, uh, to be honest, I think has changed our lives and changed the lives of many others of you who have been listening to us and following along and figuring, helping, hopefully, that's the whole goal here, is that this report helps you to determine what could be a great fit for you. And uh, we want to continue into 2022, helping you do more of the same. So thanks as always for joining us and we will see you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.